As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Hello again, and welcome inside our NBC Sports Washington podcast studios. This is the Racing Presidents podcast. Tim Shovers inside the booth with me todd divis calling in from florida fellas thanks for taking some time let's start today quickly with our thoughts on what transpired yesterday in japan my goodness ichiro suzuki hangs it up after 19 major league baseball seasons todd we'll start with you you had a chance to cover him for a few years in seattle what did it mean to see that moment from your standpoint yeah it was an excellent moment i wondered how the Mariners were going to resolve this, right? They brought him to Japan, and he played in both games, and then no one was quite sure what was happening next. They had some weird circumstances with him last year. And what you're doing here is trying not to botch a legacy. And they didn't. Obviously, that became a huge moment. It was a great moment to watch for each row to retire in Japan and, um, you know, and retire as just a really intriguing baseball figure historically, just both stylistically on the field and longevity and just the variety of things that he could do were stunning on a day-to-day basis. If you remember him throwing out Terrence Long at third base and Terrence Long looking up like where the heck did that ball come from? He couldn't believe what transpired that the ball beat him from right field to third base. So it's just moments like that um, that you think about with him and you think about when he showed up in the major leagues and just, took off from there and then kept going for a decade plus and was able to wrap it with a very neat bow in Japan. So I have a few things. One, Ichiro is one of, he's one of my favorites ever. And if I think, I think if he were born in Bethesda, Maryland, as opposed to Japan and played his whole career in America, he would, he would have broken Pete Rose's hit record. Uh, Cause he didn't come to America right until he was 27, right? The right. 2001 season. Right. So he lost, you know, five, seven years, however many there. I thought yesterday the exit was one of the coolest things I've ever seen for a guy from Japan to be able to end his career in Japan, but still while while wearing the uniform of the team that he primarily played for with Seattle, the way it was handled. I, I rewatched it this morning. A- absolute goosebumps. If you get a chance, watch the video. It's all over online. And I don't remember the player's name, uh, but the, the, the new the player in Seattle, 27 years old, who, Kikuchi. Yeah, playing his first career series. And to get to say goodbye to Ichiro, he's crying. You, it, I don't cry, but I came very close. I didn't, I didn't, but I, I can admit that it was. I was teetering on the edge. It was so cool. And no, no doubt about it. I mean, it was, I have chills through my body just listening to you describe that. Now, I mean, clearly it's 
it's almost like the passing of the torch, right? You, you, to see that moment, so, somebody so young, and then Ichiro one final time, amazing. My quick thought on that would be, I had a chance to, I said this in our opening podcast, I had the chance to work with Ripken Baseball, the Cal Ripken World Series for a few summers, and I was assigned to Team Japan, and I thought that the the respect for the game that these kids had, it all seemed to sort of be channeled through what Suzuki was able to do in his career. And I just love the way they play the game. And it's this, this, it's this craft and it's a profession that they, it's so much more than sport over there. And I just thought that was such a cool aspect of it. So to, to see Ichiro finally hang it up after 19 seasons, you go, he went out the way he wanted to, what a moment that was. So definitely, if you have a chance, definitely take a look online at that clip from yesterday. So you'll notice that Chase Hughes is not with us this episode. Guys, he tells me that he's taking his cat to obedience classes. What What on earth is that? I think he's watching March Madness. Todd, have you heard anything about what on earth Chase could be doing today? I'm proud to say I've never heard of that and equally proud to say I have no idea what Chase could be doing today. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, just say you want to watch Cincinnati, Iowa. Like, it's fine. <laughs> like, you want to watch March Madness. We get it. We work in sports. Not a problem. Uh, but um, He's home testing takes. Yeah, right. His, his take Arietta pitches. Yeah. Well, in the spirit of March Madness, we have a special predictions episode for you today. We're going to take you through all sorts of things. It's going to be rapid fire. And then on the back end, stick around for Todd's sit down with Ryan Zimmerman that he had last month at spring training. We'll get to that in a bit. But, fellas, let's start with this. And, Todd, I'm going to start with you. How do you see things shaking out in the NL East? I would like one through five. I feel very excited about saying the Miami Marlins will finish last. <laughs> Take it to the bank. As the, as Bold. <laughs> yeah, Todd Divis goes that out on a limb. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. And then one through four is a little more complicated, but I will go Nationals, Phillies. Uh, I do think the Phillies can end up being a wild card team despite probably low win totals for the top end of this division because the division is so good. After that, Braves, Mets. Um, and that's because I expect a lot of injured list visits for the Mets. We're already seeing some of those. And the Braves, without Fulte up there, um, make me very nervous. They they have a bunch of young kids backing up what they have, but they also need those young kids to hit if they're going to bring them up. Um, no pun intended. They need those young kids to play well if they're going to bring them up and challenge for the division again. So I think the Nationals have the best depth. I think they're the best situated to get to maybe 90, 91 wins. And I think that's the win total we're going to see here in a very, very difficult NL East. Shows, what do you got? So I also, after I read mine, I'm going to read Chase Hughes. Uh, he did take some time from obedience class to send me his picks. So I'll get those <laughs> uh, I, I have the Nationals winning the NL East, and I do so with confidence. I think that they've improved from last year. We've talked about all offseason with the signings that they made. And I think uh, you'll see I'm very bullish on the Nats this season. Uh, I have the uh, after that, I got the Phillies coming in second. No team was more active in free agency than the Phillies. Even before they signed Bryce Harper, they touched up their bullpen a bit with David Robertson. That bullpen was atrocious last year. The main reason they fell apart, I think they come number two. I like the Mets over the Braves. Mets three, Braves four. Todd said Mike fulton injury. They say he's out for all of April. Uh, but usually when you hear elbow soreness in spring training, sometimes that can really mean the whole season. And the pitching depth after Fulton is not great. Uh, they also lost Anibal Sanchez from last year. Though not Sanchez was a Cy Young contender, but he became a trusted member of the rotation, and they did nothing 
to address pitching in the offseason. The only signing they made was Josh Donaldson on a one-year deal. And obviously, <laughs> I have the Marlins uh, coming in fifth. Chase goes Nats, Braves, Phillies, Mets, Marlins. So he's a little higher on the Braves than I am, but he agrees the Nats are going to win the division. Interesting. Okay. I have Braves, Nats, 1-2 respectively. You have the Braves 1. I do. I do have Braves 1. I actually have the same exact 2018 as the 2018 standings. Braves, Nats, Phillies, Mets, Marlins. For me, in the Phillies, I think it takes a little bit more time to gel with the new pieces coming in. You have no idea what to expect from from Bryce in Philadelphia. There should be a lot of uh, different transitions that go along with that. His first year, obviously. But I could honestly see that I guess my one bold take that I I was sort of going to go with, but I'm not going to do it. I was going to have the Mets in three Phillies four, but I think there's just a little bit too much talent. They'll figure it out at some point. So Braves, Nats, Phillies, Mets, and Marlins. That brings us to our next category here in predictions. Todd, we'll swing it on over to you again. NL playoffs. NL playoffs. Well, I have St. Louis winning the Central uh, even before the Goldschmidt extension, which I think helps them. I have the Dodgers winning the West. So in the NLCS, I have actually the Dodgers over the Nationals to advance to the World Series. Dodgers making third straight World Series from you. Yes. Uh, I am going with the wild cards. I got the Cardinals beating the Phillies in the wild card round. I think the Phillies make it. Todd, you mentioned the main reason, Paul Goldschmidt going to St. Louis. St. Louis, it's been a few years since they made the playoffs. It's uh, been four years, which very unusual for them. In the NLDS, I have the Nats beating the Cardinals, avenging uh, the nightmare from seven years ago. On the other side, I have the Cubs beating the Dodgers. I think the Cubs uh, really run away with the NL Central after last year falling apart. I, I don't have Milwaukee anywhere near the mix. I think the Milwaukee thing was a weird set of circumstances, a little bit of a flash in the pan. And then I have the Nats beating the Cubs in the NLCS in oh advancing to the World Series. Yeah. Shows is uh, I'm really high in the Nats this year. Shows comes onto the pod, Todd. He just starts going. <laughs> I'm coming out of the bullpen. And I'm throwing heat. Yeah. Oh man, what did, what did Chase give you over there? Chase had the Padres coming out of the West. Yeah. Chase is going. He's got Nats, Cubs, Rockies, Cardinals, and Dodgers making the playoffs, and he has the Dodgers like Todd advancing to the World Series. Interesting. Okay. All right, Todd, I'm going to throw it back to you because I only did World Series predictions. Yes, Shoves is giving me the evil eye across the way. I'll, g- I'll, give, I'll give my NL uh, playoffs a uh, next episode. But, Todd, we're going to throw it back to you. Give us your World Series prediction. I have the Dodgers beating the Astros. Hmm. Would you like to uh, maybe, maybe make a comment on that? Uh, I just think that all the, most of the stuff that got the Astros there in the first place is still intact for them. Um, and I think, you know, Bregman's a monster now. And it just all their pieces are, are remain right. Uh, and I do think that the Dodgers finally are, are just going to hop over the final bar here and get in a better situation and get things done. Um, I, I, this kind of – for the this to happen for the Dodgers to – major things have to happen and they're Walker Bueller and Clayton Kershaw. And so you need to see Clayton Kershaw be not maybe the Clayton Kershaw. We always knew, but an effective Clayton Kershaw and you need to see Walker Bueller can kind of continue to continue his ascent in the national league is probably the next big thing among starting pitchers. And I think both of those things have a good chance of happening. I think their bullpen can get better at the, at the break. I think AJ Pollock is a very, very good player who fits in well with them and they kind of have more balance. 
um, out there and a bit of a more reliable outfield after making some changes. So I, I like them front to back. Uh, I think they manage smartly in the playoffs and, and finally get an opportunity to uh, bring a title home for the first time since 1988. Shows we know who you got coming out of the NL. How about the AL? Well, so I'll give you the roadmap to get there. In the wild card round, I got the Yankees beating the Angels. I think Mike Trout makes the playoffs, and to follow Mike Trout's history, he loses in the playoffs uh, despite that extension. I got the Astros over the Yankees in the ALDS, and the Indians upsetting Boston wow. in a short series in a best of five. And then the Astros mean the Indians, and I think the Astros beat Cleveland. So you would, like Todd, I have the Astros going to the World Series. And this is where my uh, enthusiasm Uh-oh. for the Nets ends. I have, I have the Nets losing to the Astros in five games. I think Houston's the best team in baseball. I mean, Todd mentioned Alex Bregman. Like, there's so many other guys that they have there, too. Right. Altuve, Correa, Springer. I mean, they are just loaded on top of the pitching that they have. Of course, we don't know where Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell are going to be as, as the moment that we tape this podcast. But uh, I think I, I think it's the Nets' run comes to the end in late October in Houston. Very interesting. All right. So you're not going to take him the whole way for the pot. Shoves comes on, and he he delivers in a lot of ways. All right. My World Series predictions, I'm going to do the Yankees coming out of the AL, and they're going to go. I like like what you were thinking, Todd. I had that written down as well, the Dodgers, but I got the Yankees. The Dodgers coming up short again, and I think the Yankees take it home. My childhood team, there's just so many weapons on that team. I just don't see how... Now, here's here's the one little catch here. I don't think they win the division. I think the Sox take the division again, and they're going to do it through the wild card. So it's going to be an interesting route for the Yankees. I think injuries could certainly be a problem for them this year, and that's probably why they, they lock up the wild card with ease. And Chase has the Dodgers beating the Yankees. So you guys are all... Come on. You guys are Does all... He? Yeah, he's got the opposite of you. So all okay. of you are real high on the Dodgers except me. Okay. Well, shows what? how come, though? How come? Uh, one, because my main reason, and Todd's going to hate me because this is not a sabermetrical take, but it's baseball, and it's just really hard to win. They make it to the World Series three years in a row. Uh, sure. Kershaw, it just seems like more and more random injuries are piling up with him than, than in the past. Uh, Walker Bueller, who Todd talked about how important he is, let's see, let's see if he's ready to take that next step. You know, sometimes we see guys go the opposite way uh with with that one now the dodgers have when you have an unlimited payroll they can make moves in july or now early august that sometimes no one else can make and so which is what they did last year so that's the thing with the dodgers where like they get manny machado kind of out of nowhere and think nothing of it but i just i think it's I, i just don't think they make a three in a row cool all right todd back to you let's start with your mvps of each MVP. Well, I'm going to go out. I'm going to continue to go out on my limbs here and take Mike Trout in the American League. <laughs> and I will actually take Bryce Harper in the National League because I think that park is just going to be like candy for him um, up there in Philadelphia. And he's going to be bombing away. Uh, also, he's got really good framework around him with the other, the other pieces they have. So there, there's not an easy opportunity to not pitch to him. And I think he learned a lot from his season last year when he was trying so desperately to hit home runs throughout the first half. And we saw what happened to his average and he got frustrated with being walked and all that stuff. And then 
after the All-Star break, he just started hitting back through the middle again, hitting line drives, hit way more singles. His average went way up. Uh, his on-base percentage went up. Um, his home runs were still in a pretty good spot, and his overall production just took a giant leap because he kind of calmed himself down, changed his swing a little bit, and I think all those things are going to benefit him in Philadelphia. Um, and finally, he's going to get up into the like probably 40 to 42 home runs would be my guess in that park. I did not think Todd was going to say that Bryce Harper was going to win MVP. I, uh, I was got, not ready for I, that I, I'm surprised by that one. I, in the American League, I think Mookie Betts uh, wins it again. I think he gets it over Trout. Uh, I think Betts is ready to ascend to just on the absolute shortlist of players, if not already there in baseball. And Boston's going to be winning every day, so I think, you know, puts Betts in a great position with MVP. For me, I have Paul Goldschmidt winning MVP this year in the National League. I think he leads St. Louis to the playoffs. I think you're going to, you know, him not being out west, I think he's going to be a little more um, omnipotent in the baseball world this year, playing on a higher-profile team in St. Louis. And I think, you know, he is one of them. If not, Todd, would you agree he's the most underrated player in baseball or, like, in that in that cadre of guys? Yeah, Tim, it's funny that you say that because, Last night in the press box, um, St. Louis was here in West Palm Beach, and you know the extension hit yesterday. So we were talking about that, that he might be in the public consciousness finally enough that people are going to be like, wow, he's really good. And then he you know, gets some MVP votes that he may have deserved in the past, but just by being quiet in Arizona, didn't necessarily get them. And a few years back, one of the more fun stories I've written, because it was just like so dry and I felt a little different, was about Paul Goldschmidt's brand. And um, I asked him about, does he worry about branding? Does he think about that? He just started laughing. And uh, his manager at the time told me his brand is to play really good baseball, <laughs> you know, and, and that's it. And, um, you know, there's no shampoo commercials. Uh, there's no um, funny stuff on social media. There's no anything. He just shows up early all the time, even on the road. There were some funny stories about how he'd be working out in the hotel um, by himself and stuff like that, and then go out and it's 330 and 100, 330 and 100 every year, every year, every year, plus like 15 stolen bases. So, uh, yeah, I agree totally with your point that in St. Louis, he's going to get an elevated profile, and if he's just his normal self, that's going to make more people take notice. Yeah, and it seemed like every time the Nats would play out in Arizona, like Gold, Goldschmidt would hit a homer, just kind of anecdotally. Uh, I do, um, I do want to say that. I have another Philly guy who I think comes close to winning the MVP this year, but I don't think it's Bryce Harper. I think JT Real Muto comes in second. I think he'll be the most viable player statistically on the Phillies this year. Uh, if you look at his stats, he might be the best catcher in all of baseball. Philly acquires him. He's going to have protection like he did not have last year. If Real Muto wins the MVP this year, you guys will love this stat. That'll be three straight years that the MVP in the NL will come from a guy who was on the Marlins at one point. It would have been Stanton, Yelich, and then Rio Muto. Chase, he's going with uh, Nolan Arenado for NL MVP, certainly on the short list of guys who can win that. And he's got Francisco Lindor, the shortstop for Cleveland, who is, if you haven't had a chance to watch him play, is what a fantastic player Lindor is. I'll, do, I'll run through mines, and then we'll swing it back to you, Todd, for your Cy Youngs. I like Alex Bregman of the Astros AL MVP, followed by Christian Yelich in the NL side for NL MVP. Todd, give us your Cy Youngs for both leagues. 
Uh, I have Sale uh, in in the American League because what what he does, um, even as he ages, is still pretty repeatable. His slider is just ridiculous. So it's simply a matter of health um, to me for him because he's going to be on a very good team and his stuff, as we know, is just beyond filthy. Uh, and in the NL, I dial back. I have Walker Bueller. Um, uh, I remember the first time I saw him and came out of the bullpen and they just like popped him in to get him an appearance. And I was like, Holy cow, who is this kid? And then we watched him obviously have a full season more or less, uh, last year. And, and he showed you how close he's coming to being that next that next guy, and I, I think pitching in the NL West certainly will be beneficial to him as well, as opposed to all these guys, these excellent pitchers who made up the three finalists last year, but they're all stuck in the NL East against actually good teams the majority of the time. So uh, I think being the NL West helps Walker Bueller. He kind of ascends to that mantle of best pitcher in the NL for a year. I I got the cliche picks. I got Chris Sale in the AL. I got Max Scherzer in the NL. I think they are the two best pitchers in baseball. Chris Sale, amazingly, has never won the Cy Young. Uh, so even though he like seemingly starts as the uh, AL All-Star starter in the All-Star game every year, uh, hasn't been able to, to finish up for whatever reason. I think this is the year he gets it. He was injured last year in September. That's what cost him from winning the Cy Young. Uh, I do think that... Um, Josh Hader, if Milwaukee is good this year, which I don't think they necessarily will be, but if Milwaukee is good, I think Josh Hader, given his unusual role in the bullpen, could give Scherzer a run for his money in the Cy Young. People saw how good Hader was in the playoffs last year. Uh, Chase goes with uh, Sale in the AL, and he's got Noah Syndergaard in the National League, so he's got a Mets pitcher not named Jacob DeGrom. Interesting. I'm wondering what, what went into that for Chase. Okay. I'm going to go Cy Young out of the AL. Blake Snell representing the Tampa Bay Rays. And then you can kind of see, I like my sleeper picks here. Dude, you got a lot of repeat winners here. You got, you got Yelich again. You got, <laughs> but I like, I like, I like the, you know, under the radar, let you guys do your, your thing. And then NL Cy Young, I'm going to go Aaron Nola of the Phillies. One of the brighter spots. Cause you remember, I don't have them making the playoffs. So Aaron Nola takes home the NL Cy Young. The, the National League this year could have, you'd have Scherzer, no, the NL East, Scherzer, Nola, Syndergaard, DeGrum, and, if, and Strasburg, theoretically. There are five mm-hmm. guys that could, that could win the Cy Young from the NL East this year. Yeah, I mean, where, where do you think that entire division, Todd, where do you think that entire division stacks up in, in the NL from a pitching standpoint? Yeah, it's the best division in possibly in baseball when you're talking about the division in its entirety, um, even with the anchor that is the Miami Marlins strapped around everyone's ankles at this point. So the rotations, the, the high-end pitchers, just the depth of lineups, the whole thing um, is there. And going back to our predictions about who will finish where, this could be a huge detriment to those four teams that are good in there, and it may end up being only one playoff team out of the division because of the win total. All right, let's go rapid fire for our final prediction here, and that is one big hot take from each of you. Of course, Chase isn't here for this. He calls himself like hot take extraordinary. Yeah, I got, I got one, though. He sent it in, trust right, me. He got, got? In, he got it under the wire. We'll start with you, Shows. What, what Chase have? Uh, Chase's hot take. Chase, he snuck in a second one there, even though the, the rules were clearly <laughs> stated he could just have one. His of hot course. take. He thinks Victor Robles will finish top three in the rookie of the year voting for the Nationals. Uh, so 
Uh, going with the Nationals angle on that one. And his bonus prediction, Todd will send more cryptic tweets about St. Bonaventure basketball, uh, even though the offseason is going to be during the baseball season. I didn't think there was anything cryptic about my Bonaventure tweet. <laughs> I thought it was very clear where I stood with the whole situation. They're, they're out in the open. Uh, I will give my hot take, and uh, I gave you guys a sneak peek on this one. I think Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves, I think come All-Star break next year, or this, excuse me, this year, I think he will be considered the best player in baseball, not named Mike Trout. Uh, even though I, I have the Braves coming in fourth, I think Acuna is absolutely incredible. He plays left field right now for the Braves. They put Last year was leadoff. This year he might hit in the middle of the order. Uh, he, and, he and Juan Soto kind of have that rivalry right now, and I think it's well-deserved, but I think Acuna... If you watch him play, and he did not get the full season last year. The Braves held him off to bring him up for the, you know, the CBA service time stuff. But I, I think you're going to see great things from Acuna, and the Nats get to see him 19 times. 19. Todd, what do you got? I think we're going to mercifully see the death of the opener. Um, I think that was a flash in the pan, and that's going to go by the wayside for the most part this season. And we're going to see kind of going back to starting pitching um, as the priority, even for teams that can't really afford it, which was basically the reason they're doing the opener in the first place. It's a way to save money and roll somebody out there. I don't think that's going to be a trend that goes in the uptick. I think it's going to go in the decline and eventually peter out. I hope so. I Oh, gosh, I hate the opener so much. It's like the new <laughs> DH for me. If you are a fellow opener hater, then you need to root against the following three teams this year. Tampa Bay, Oakland mm -hmm. and Milwaukee. Two mm -hmm. of those teams made the playoffs last year. Tampa Bay won 89 games. Those teams all use the openers. So root against all three of those teams. Okay. I'm going to go with, I'm going to keep it in the NL East. I'm going to keep it with Philadelphia. I do not believe the Phillies will reach 80 wins on the year. So that'll do it here for our predictions. Anything left Outstanding for you guys. Anything you left on the table, you're chopping at the bit to get to. We had some breaking news today, right, right before we recorded. Uh, ESPN reporting that Chris Sale and the Red Sox are nearing a five-year, $150 million extension. So the extensions keep on rolling. Sale, as I said, I think is the best pitcher in baseball, and uh, I think it's a great move by Boston. Yeah, right. the extension season keeps on cooking. It's been amazing here the last couple of weeks. We'll certainly look back on this one, and uh, it's gonna—it's probably going to be pretty historic by the time it's all said and done. We're taping this on a Friday, officially under one week to go till opening day in Washington, D.C. Max Scherzer takes the mound against the New York Mets. It's a 105 first pitch, and hopefully that mild weather, Todd, will bring it back with him for that one inside Nationals Park. A couple uh, logistical items for you. We're Again, we're taping this on a Friday. The Minnesota Wild come to town for a 7 o'clock puck drop versus the Washington Capitals. Just about, I think it's under 10 games to go in the regular yes. season. We're coming down to the wire here. The Stanley Cup champion is going to try and repeat. We'll have that Capitals Talk podcast out for you overnight. So, for Tim Schoves, thanks for stopping by as always. And of course. I always appreciate the editing that you've been doing, hard work, and especially when all those seasons are overlapping. For Todd Dibus down in Florida and Chase Hughes being some bizarre type of obedient cat owner, I'm Bob Trossett signing off from the Racing Presidents podcast. Without further ado, Todd's conversation from spring training last month with the vet himself, Ryan Zimmerman. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings, just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. 
they know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Oh boy, that ball is crushed to deep center field. O'Double's out there. He jumps! And it's into the bushes. He did all he could. A solo home run. The 13th of the year for Zimmerman, and it's 4-0 Nationals. Hello, welcome back to spring training. <laughs> There's a lot of discussion last year about your spring training, and it's a topic that we've talked about plan-wise. This spring training, can you kind of enlighten us what you want to get done this spring training, where you want to do it? And you had mentioned when we talked earlier a few days ago about just being on your feet some more and, and doing stuff like that this time around in West Palm Beach. Yeah, I mean, I think I've always tried to get 50 at-bats. Yeah. I think last year... Um, you know, there were circumstances that prevented me from doing that. And it wasn't so much that I wasn't able to play, it's just I wasn't able to get the amount of at-bats by playing in regular games. So I've talked more about that, I think, than anything in my career for some reason. <laughs> Shows how exciting I am that I have nothing else to talk about besides the one controversial thing I've ever done. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I play, you know, 50, game, 50 at-bats and, and kind of go from there. And... You got down here at the end of January, if I recall, yeah. um, and that was part weather-driven, surely, uh, yeah. yes. <laughs> and part preparation-driven, kind of what was the balance between those two things, and when do you start getting ready at home? You have a gym at your house that you can use, you have the park, you have I, mean, I, I think it never really stops anymore. I'll take, you know, a week or so off where I do absolutely nothing, and then from there you'll start, you know, I won't do baseball stuff, but I'll do, I'll stay in shape. It's a lot easier to... Uh, to stay in shape instead of get out of shape and take a whole nother month to get back in shape. Uh, you kind of learn that the more you go on. But uh, as far as coming down here earlier, I think most of it was, you know, coming down, getting into the warm weather, um, getting the, the kids to be able to be able to be outside. Everyone's happier down here, so we're right. uh, we're lucky to be able to do that. That that is something you've been navigating for a few years now. You're you're gender-wise, you're outnumbered in your house. Yeah. Oh yeah. Severely outnumbered? Severely. Severely. Uh, so if, like, Anthony Rendon had his first child that, toward the end of last season, yeah. and if those guys came for you, to you for advice about we're in the middle of this grinding season and I have a newborn, and right. in your case you had one really young lady yeah. and, a, and a newborn at the same time, uh, what would you tell them about how you handle all those things while you're on the road all the time? And yeah, the game's I mean, it's, forever? it's tough. I think a lot of us are lucky where you know our wives don't have to work which is nice and a lot of our families are able to to come and and really help out when we go on the road and even when we're at home because you know if you're getting home at midnight one o'clock you have a game the next day you have to sleep um so i think the wives are the ones that get overlooked they're kind of the the superstars in that aspect and, and deal with a lot of stuff that you know i, I don't want to say you know, normal people don't have to deal with, but uh, but we're gone quite a bit, so they uh, they pick up a lot of the slack and probably don't get enough credit for it as they should. And sometimes we see uh, you, your wife Heather is active on the social media. Yep. You are living the dream of not being on social media. Yes. <laughs> um, we see some pictures yeah. of the girls in the airplane. Yeah. Um, and kind of going places with you folks. How yeah. how often do you try to take them with you and yeah, try I mean, to get she, some time? Yeah, you know, she she travels with them quite a bit. Yeah. Um, 
Mackenzie, the oldest one, will start school next year, so it'll be a little bit different. But, you know, if they don't travel, they, they don't see their dad for basically half of the eight months that we play. So uh, Heather gets all the credit for that. I mean, they travel, obviously, on their own. They're not allowed to come on the, the team playing. A lot of the times they'll travel together. Some of the wives will talk and, you know, kind of the same flights and, and work it out that way. But, uh, you know, they do a lot of hard work and to, to make sure that our families get to spend time together. And we talked to you and many others about free agency, and this offseason was slow until we sat down here today. <laughs> um, and we're a few minutes out from the news that Manny Machado has an agreement in principle with the San Diego Padres, 10 years, $300 million. Right. Obviously, a very long deal, a very lucrative deal for him. Right. It seemed like him and Bryce Harper were eventually going to get paid, but that doesn't mean that the right. system was kind of working the way everyone would hope it would, especially the Players Association. Uh, what, what were your thoughts of what went well, on? I mean, those the guys are—they go against everything that the owners are trying to to guard against. I mean, those guys are Bryce is what 26, yep. and Manny's same 26 as well. Mm -hmm. So the 10-year deal shouldn't shouldn't be a factor. You know, you're paying guys to 36, 37 years old, that's fine. I mean, I think, you know, to get that age 26 to 32, that's what you have to do. That's part of that's part of it. That's how it used to happen. You know, for the first three years, we make league minimum. Uh, Aaron Judge is making $550,000 and is probably making the Yankees 75 to $100 million a year. So I'm not great at math, but that's a pretty good bargain for the first three years. So at some point... And I don't know if I have the answer. You know, there's obviously a lot bigger talk that needs to happen. That's not just, you know, the only thing going on. But um, it used to happen those first three years. You kind of wore it a little bit. And then in the back end, you got you got repaid and you got, you know, paid for what you're going to do, but also what you did in the past. So uh, I'm not saying I blame them for, for what they're doing, but something needs to change to where, you know, that, that earning window gets a little bit bigger for a lot of these players that are, giving these teams maximum value at a young age now. And you have a unique a unique to your career circumstance with your contract of right. you're heading into an option year, a team option year following this season. Right. And we've talked to you in the past about you understand the, the math around that and that you need to play well, you know, for that to be picked up at, at its mark at $18 million. And we've talked to Mike Rizzo, and he said, of course, we'd love to have Ryan back, and we're going to try to figure out how to do that. Um, <laughs> And the feeling is mutual, obviously. Do you, would it be super weird? If, have you even considered the idea that you could be somewhere else before uh, you're done? Not really. I mean, yeah. but you never, you never rule anything out, especially yeah. in this. In professional sports, anything can happen. But um, you know, I think you you nailed it when you said it's seem to play play well. I mean, it's simple. If I play well, then you know, of course they'll be they'll be willing to to have me back. And you know, who knows if it's going to be at that number or something else or you know, one year or, or two years or, or something something like that. We obviously haven't even talked, but sure. uh, our relationship throughout this process has always been positive, and, and uh, I don't see that changing at all. You know, I, you know Mike has been been great since since the time I've, I've known him, and, uh, you know, Mark and, and Ted and the Lerner family and all the, all the ownership group have, have treated me and my family well from the beginning. So, uh, like you said, the relationship's great, and I don't think there's... It's a surprise that, that I wouldn't want to play anywhere else. So no, I haven't really held my cards close to the vest or anything <laughs> no. like that. Yes, you're negotiating in public, but you're kind of negotiating like this would be fine. It would be great yeah, if we worked I mean, this out. I could 
pretty much negotiate my own contract now. No offense to my <laughs> to my agents who work really hard, but uh, going through a couple of them already. And right. yeah, we'll. I'm sure we'll get something worked out. And last, you folks made a lot of moves in the offseason. Patrick Corbin, Brian Dozier, second base, the all-star <clears throat> catchers, Chris Suzuki and Jan Gomes. Yep. We've also seen the Phillies make a lot of moves, the Mets make a lot of moves. Atlanta's reigning division champs, you know, with some young guys there, and obviously Freddie Freeman, an annual talent and one of the better hitters we get to watch. Yep. So when you look at what you guys did and you look at the rest of the division, does that generally excite you that this is going to be fun in our division? There's going to be a ton of competition and it's going to be yeah. an interesting season. Yeah, it'll be great. We're playing in one of the only divisions where the teams are trying to win. It's pretty fun. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, no, yeah, no shock. I think uh, all the teams got better. Um, you know, the Marlins are obviously kind of trying to turn things around down there, but but those teams, too, I mean, you know, they have some young kids that are probably going to play that, you know, you could go face them on, on, on any day, and if you're not ready to play, they're going to beat you. So you can't discount those teams as well. But, uh, you know, obviously New York made a ton of moves, like you said. Philly had a great first half last year and then and then kind of had a tough second half that, you know, a lot of young teams kind of go through that that first year where they're sort of competitive. And, and obviously Atlanta won the division. So, you know, we know what we have ahead of us. It's not going to be easy. And I think, uh, honestly, I think that's good for us. I think in the past when we've won the division, it's been sort of locked up as early as sometimes the first or second week in September. So not that I'm saying that I wouldn't take that. I would 100% take that. But, you know, having to grind it out and play that tough schedule, especially in September when you play majority division games, uh, honestly, I think it will be good for us. Zimmerman hits one deep to left field. Cespedes takes a look, and that's out of here. Second of the night for Zimmerman, who looks like he is out of his early season slump.